This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Emily Sokol, Director of Research at Extelligent Healthcare Media. Today, we're joined by Lorraine Bach, a double board certified family and emergency medicine nurse practitioner and co-founder of the National Nurse Practitioner Entrepreneur Network. Today, we'll be discussing how nurse practitioners can get involved with value-based care. So Lorraine, can you start by telling me a little bit about your background as a nurse practitioner and how you got involved in value-based care? Sure. I uh, went to the University of Pennsylvania back in uh, the early 90s, got my certification as a family nurse practitioner. I then worked with two very progressive physicians for a very short period of time, and then in 1999, decided to leave them and open my own practice, which was quite a challenge back in the late 90s. There was very little full practice authority across the country, and as we are today in Pennsylvania, I had to find a collaborating physician that was willing to work with me, but I was really excited about being able to deliver care the way that I wanted to deliver care. So I opened my first practice in conjunction with another nurse practitioner who happened to be a classical homeopath. I tried to get enrolled in a bunch of insurance programs back then and kept meeting the same barriers. Oh, we don't credential nurse practitioners. Oh, we don't contract with nurse practitioners. And so, you know, had to find very creative ways to work around that got involved with a group called the Multi-State Reimbursement Alliance, which was started by two nurse practitioners in Ohio. We started petitioning payers to try and get reimbursement contracts for nurse practitioners. And uh, eventually my DNP project started out being working with one of the largest insurers in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to get them to recognize nurse practitioners as primary care providers. So that was my journey to full practice of of my own rather than working for someone else. And pretty much since 1999, I've had a practice in one form or another. I've had some partners here and there. I'm back on my own now uh, doing primary care, um, using a blended model where I have some patients that uh, are in a subscription model who don't have insurance, and then other patients who have insurance, I'm using uh, healthcare insurance in order to take care of them. So it's been quite a quite a pathway forward. Great. And I would imagine you're not alone in nurse practitioners who are leading their own practice. You know, what are some of the challenges that you and your colleagues face, particularly to partnering with health payers for value-based care? You'd mentioned credentialing and and contracting, but what are some of the other challenges that you're coming across? Well, about 5% of all nurse practitioners in the United States have their own practices. So it's at an extremely small number of nurse practitioners, but that's definitely growing. Back in 2017, I worked with three other nurses to start an organization called the National Nurse Practitioner Entrepreneur Network, and we've been aggregating data on nurse practitioner owners since that time and collecting barriers, collecting information on what barriers there are for nurse practitioners in order to start a practice. The biggest ones seem to be that insurance companies still have difficulty even in full practice authority states, credentialing nurse practitioners who are not in some sort of formal legal business relationship with a physician. There are problems with uh, what they will allow us to do and not do. At one point, 
I had well over $10,000 worth of claims for procedures that I was performing in the office. And then the insurance company rejected them and said, oh, you're a nurse practitioner. We don't allow you to do that. Well, it's not the insurance company's role to determine what the scope of practice for a nurse practitioner is that belongs with the state boards of nursing. So that was quite a battle. And one of the problems we run into is, you know, we don't have as independent nurse practitioners, unlimited resources to go after unfair practices or regulations or rules that insurance companies make that limit what we can and cannot do. Whereas insurance companies have, you know, panels of lawyers. In fact, Back in the early 2000s, I guess, I actually had the medical director for one of the insurance companies in the Commonwealth say to me, I have a whole entire department full of attorneys. I will bankrupt you before you even get to court. When I said, look, you can't determine my scope of practice. That's not your job. And and he was right. You know, we don't have unlimited financial resources in order to go and be able to take on these challenges. And even our large organizations uh, representing the nurse practitioner uh, profession, you know, they've, there's so many problems across so many states that they just can't address them all in each individual state. Right. And you had hinted at the National Nurse Practitioner Entrepreneur Network. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that and the cool work that you guys are doing to help overcome a lot of these challenges that you're identifying? So I would be happy to talk about that. It is certainly a labor of love uh, for us. There are four nurses, one nurse attorney, and three nurse practitioners. We got together quite serendipitously. We met each other, and we all had a passion for entrepreneurship and supporting nurse practitioners who wanted to own their own practices and get involved in you know, being your own boss. And we began this organization with a conference in Boston where we invited nurse practitioners from the Northeast to come and talk about their challenges and their dreams and their hopes and to provide support for nurse practitioners in that area who wanted to start their own practices. We've had a conference every year. Um, We even managed to squeeze one in in 2020. We went out to Arizona and in conjunction with the Home Care Association out in Arizona, we had a conference for nurse practitioners who were doing house calls. We support them through a number of things. One is consulting. All of our owner members, founders have experience in areas that are relevant, billing and coding, clinical operations, legal issues surrounding practice ownership, and then CMS. And so we provide consulting for them. We have a monthly program that we call Office Hours that delivers a one-hour topic that is relevant to business owners for the members and non-members. And even non-members can come to that free. That's on the third Tuesday of every month. We have resources in starting your practice. We have billing and coding resources. We have a program called the Business Basics Accelerator course, which actually is a 12-week course where we train NPs to have a little bit of a business brain and then support them in starting a practice. So we really tried to focus not on clinical excellence. There's a ton of, of organizations out there that provide clinical education and support, but we're really trying to work on the business aspect of it so that NPs can feel confident that there's somebody to go to when they want to start a practice that has experience, that has resources, and that has expertise in the area. 
When I remember, Lorraine, one of our earlier conversations, you talked about, you know, nurse practitioners and providers in general aren't trained with a business background. You're trained to deliver that clinical care. So you guys are really emphasizing the business side of things. Make sure that nurse practitioners know what they're getting into, how to negotiate contracts, et cetera. Absolutely. You know, we we know that nurse practitioner programs are packed with what they need to be to teach people how to carefully and competently take care of patients. But what we don't have is business programs and not everybody will will have the opportunity or the finances to go back and get an MBA or, you know, even any kind of business degree to learn to run a practice. So we've tried to create a very succinct program in our BBA that touches on all the important areas. And then depending on what kind of practice the NP wants to start, we can partner her with one of our members who's already an independent practice owner so that they can get some mentorship from them. So we're really trying to provide the basic education and then move them into a mentorship with one of our experienced NP members who is a practice owner so that they can have someone to draw on because there's lots of things you need to know to get started, but there's also lots of things you need when something happens down the line and you need someone to figure out how to deal with it. All of us have made very expensive mistakes in starting our practices. Mine was a partner that was dishonest and we want to give people the tools that they need so that they don't make the same mistakes that we made And when they do make a mistake, to have somebody to go back to and say, how do I keep this from becoming a disaster? Absolutely. So let's let's dive into some of those resources. If I'm a nurse practitioner with my own practice and I want to start getting really involved, you know, I I feel comfortable in having started my practice. I have a patient population, but I want to do more. I want to get more involved in value-based contracts and arrangements with payers. Where do I start? What resources do I need in place? How do I get involved? I'm going to shamelessly say join NN Pen because we have the experience with the payers and we have the time to go out and talk with them on your behalf. So if you're a member of NN Pen and you come to us with a problem, we will oftentimes be able to, with your consent, get involved with the payers, approach them, open the door to have conversations with them. We can help you review contracts. We don't sell legal services as per se, but we certainly can look at contracts and say, you know, probably you should question this, or maybe you should take this to a contract attorney and have this worked a little bit differently so that it's in your favor. Certainly joining our office hours on Tuesday nights is a great resource, but the first thing you need to do is figure out what is it that you want or what is it that you're looking for? Do you want to add a new service? Do you want to make more money for what you're doing because you're doing great care and your patients are having great outcomes? And how do you aggregate that data to get together? One of the things we know from a research study that we did is nurse practitioners in general are not risk takers. So we are in the process now of developing a curriculum to help nurse practitioners bring out their risk-taking behavior because part of value-based payment is taking a risk. You know, you're not getting paid retroactively. You're almost getting paid 
preemptively for the care that you're delivering when you're getting, you know, capitated fees and things like that and earning bonuses in the end. So you have to learn how to be a risk taker. And that's one of the important things that we're trying to teach people. And you're talking financial risk, right? Yes. Yes. I'm talking financial risk. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're going to be in a value-based payment model, you may take a lesser payment upfront for something in order for a big payoff at the end when you can show that because you deliver care the way that you deliver care, your patients are using less emergency room services. They're being admitted to the hospital less. They're having less hospitalizations uh, long-term. They're using less medications because you've been able to inspire them to do lifestyle changes and things like that. So, you know, you may get a little bit less upfront, but in the end, when they do that data collection, showing that your patients have better statistics and lower blood pressure and blood blood sugars and what have you, then you get rewarded for that. So it is a risk. And it's part of that long-term business brain too, that it sounds like you're helping to build as well, learning that it might be lower payments up front, but at the end, bigger rewards. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're afraid of that because, you know, we're not taught to be risk takers. I mean, if you think about nursing education, you know, we're not taught to take a lot of risk. We're taught like crazy to advocate for our patients so that they get what they need, but we're not taught to protect ourselves financially by taking risks. That's just not part of what we learn. Right. And I want to circle back. You'd hinted about the importance of data analytics. And that I think is something that we all know really well now is incredibly important in value-based care, particularly from a population health perspective, you know, depending on the contract. If I'm a nurse practitioner and I have a small patient panel, how can your organization help with some of that data analytic and aggregation that's going to help me succeed more in these value-based contracts? So one of the things that NNPEN has done is we've partnered with a nationwide network of nurse practitioner practices called the American Advanced Practice Network. Right now, that network has 25 practices across the country, and all of the data is being collected on one digital health platform or EHR so that we can put together real data from real patients in numbers that make sense. One of the biggest problems with value-based payment is it's not conducive to small practices. It's very hard for a one provider or two provider practice to get enough patient load in order to have data that shows impactful changes in patient outcomes. Because you have 500 patients or 750 patients, and you have one outlier, that can really skew the results of any data collection that you're doing, even though we know we're going to have outliers. So by joining with American APN and being able to put 25 practices together to collect data, we're able to provide legitimate data with a big enough sample size to show that NP care does make a difference. That will allow us to participate in these value-based payment models without a lot of downside risk. And I would imagine that's going to help long-term as well with some of the challenges you were saying you were having up front with credentialing and with health payers that you now have all this data to say, hey, look, what we're doing works. Absolutely. And, you know, one big issue with payers is they just don't realize the impact that nurse practitioners are having in practices on patient outcomes because we're hidden providers. Everything's billed under the physician number, but you might have one physician in a practice and three or four nurse practitioners, but the work that they're doing is really invisible because the data is all going in under the physician practice rather than the individual NP provider. So we're getting a mechanism 
with our data collection through American APN and through NNPEN in order to show, look, these are all NP practices. There aren't any physicians in our network. This is what we can do and look how good we do it. You're really helping to build that evidence base, which is awesome. Absolutely. And we're hoping to get more practices so that we can get better data collection. And at some point, we'd really like to participate in some research studies or do some research studies of our own that we can you know, provide um, double-blinded studies and, and data that's not just collected, but really be able to be analyzing it well. That's awesome. So you, you kind of hinted at this, but what's next for you and NNPEN? Well, the next thing for NNPEN is we're trying to, to develop this model program for risk-taking behavior. We have uh, are trying to create some FAQs so that we can have up on our webpage something that people can access if they have a question about business or what have you. We're certainly trying to get as many nurse practitioners as we can into our business basics accelerator. We really want to push out nurse practitioners who have independent practices so that we can show that we do do primary care in an effective way, both clinically effective for the patient outcomes and financially effective. Of course, we want to grow our membership. We want people to become members so that we can create mentors. Um, We're trying to create right now a paid mentorship program where our mentors aren't just volunteers, but they're actually being paid for the work that they're doing, mentoring young practices, So that's, I mean, there's just so much on the horizon for us. Uh, We just changed our CEO, Lynn Rapsilber, who was one of the co-founders, just took over July 1st as CEO from one of the other co-founders, Sandy Berkowitz. Sandy's going to focus her attention on value-based payments. So we're going to be working hopefully with payers to try and get some pilot studies with some of our practices in value-based payment to really show the effectiveness of nurse practitioner care. So there's just so much out there. You know, members have access to all the data first and and we got we have an article coming out. We just had an article on our survey that we did of nurse practitioner owners coming out in the AANP journal. So just a ton of stuff for us. Awesome. Uh, well Lorraine, thank you for one, all the work you're doing, and two, for sharing a bit of it with us today. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. You know, obviously, we all love to talk about this. It gets us excited. And as someone who's lived through the nurse practitioner owner role in times when, you know, physicians actually were saying what you're doing is illegal and what have you, it's really great to see so many new NPs out there wanting to do this and we want to help them along. So come to nnpen.org, nnpen.org and check us out because we've got lots of stuff to offer. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lorraine. Thanks, Emily. And for our listeners, feel free to reach out to us at esokol at extelligentmedia.com. That's E-S-O-K-O-L at extelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts on this topic. You can also use that email address to tell us any healthcare-related questions or stories you would like us to consider covering in an upcoming podcast. We also invite you to go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars and a positive review if you liked this episode. Thanks for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production. 